Coming up on Stu Does America, the autonomous zone in Seattle hasn't completely imploded quite yet. But that's not to say they didn't have an entertaining weekend in Chaz. Josh Hammer calls in to help break down the recent SCOTUS decision regarding LGBTQ discrimination in the workplace. And Hillary Kennedy, uh, not Hillary Clinton, please don't confuse the two. Uh, Hillary Kennedy swings by to rope me into her new, not at all disturbing, quarantine hobby. Guess what? You can now visit youtube.com slash America and get instant access to all of our shows. Or to search my name, Stu, and I will be the first in YouTube to show up. Whichever one involves less finger exercise for you. And if you like a video, or honestly, if you don't, sure, uh, make sure you uh, hit the uh, thumbs up button to let us know. And the little bell icon will subscribe you to notifications for all of our new content. It's what all the cool kids are doing. Or maybe you want to go a little further, fight socialism with us, side by side. <laughs> go to blazetv.com slash stew, enter the promo code stew, because that's how they know you like this stupid show, and it saves you 10 bucks on your subscription. Pretty sweet deal. I, for one, am quite happy that the Autonomous Zone is right on the West Coast, because that way, you know, look, if things get bad enough, we can just saw it off and let it float right into the ocean. Stew does America. Congratulations, everyone. You now live in a world where a chunk of Seattle is in control of a warlord. And while that seems bad, at least we might be able to cancel culture the Dukes of Hazard to death. Now, it seems like it would make more sense to keep the 1980s orange car show and cancel the autonomous zone. But maybe that's just me. Besides, uh, with the exception of the flag on the top of the car, the Dukes of Hazard are basically what Black Lives Matter and Antifa wish they were. They are always fighting against corrupt police and government officials. They rejected the use of guns. That's why they always use bows and arrows. They even grew their own food and would barter with Cooter for repairs and upgrades to their car. The Duke boys could move right into Chaz and not miss a beat. Plus, their car was, of course, called the General Lee, who wanted races separated and was a Democrat, just like every resident of Chaz. It's all too perfect. You've been hearing a lot about the Capitol Hill Autonomous Zone, C-H-A-Z, Chaz. Why is it so fascinating? Well, how could it not be? I mean, honestly, you're basically taking the unshowered, you know, shattered, bearded guy, like rocking back and forth drunkenly in front of a Starbucks complaining about the corporatism, and then you're giving him a country. Of course it's fascinating. It's like a reality show with absolutely no likable characters. So like a reality show. But, but, you know, Seattle, I will say, far from where I am, that's the best part here. So screw those people and their life savings and the small businesses and homes where their children live, you know? And by the way, if you want your building to be set on fire and you don't like that whole approach, why make it out of flammable materials? It's a question you have to answer, Seattle. It's not my question. It's yours. Obviously, the best part of the whole Chaz saga so far is, well, the best part is, of course, that it's happening in a place where I am not. But the second best part has to be Raz Simone, local rapper turned self-appointed one-man commune enforcement squad inside of Chaz. He's being called a warlord by other Chaz residents, but that's not fair. He just really likes war and also thinks he's the Lord. It's totally different. To be honest, the way things were going, there is a non-zero chance that Joe Biden picks Raz Simone to be his vice president. Now... You might think it would be a bad idea during the Me Too era to name a man who is best known for a rap video where you watch a stripper be murdered by a bunch of celebrating men. And that's not a terrible point. I will I will grant you. 
But Raz does bring certain strengths to the ticket as well. For example, he can speak. The only issue I don't think really that would work here is I don't think Raz would take the VP job. It's a step down from essentially running all of Chaz. And I, for one, am very excited for his upcoming campaign, Raz for Chaz 2020. His platform is simple. Freedom for all. Or at least most. I hate to break this to you, buddy. You're actually not a free citizen in the autonomous zone. Hard to be free while you're being pinned to the ground. It is interesting how a society that theoretically emanates from a guy being unfairly restrained on the ground by people supposedly enforcing the law is now unfairly restraining a guy on the ground by people supposedly enforcing the law. In this case, the law of you're not allowed to have that opinion. By the way, this interaction ended exactly how you would expect. I mean, you're looking at paradise there, aren't you? Luckily, all races and nationalities of the world are, of course, welcome in Chaz, unless there's some exceptions to every rule, unless you happen to be American and black, of course. Fascists go home. It's weird. In my experience, it's usually the fascists who are the ones chasing an individual out of the area with a mob. Not the other way around, but hey, new things happen all the time. And there's a hint of fascism, I will say, in the concept of extorting money out of one race to give to another as well. You might have seen this clip where someone from Chaz's leadership harasses white people into giving black people $10. I do, though, want to alert you to the one guy on the left of the screen that seems to be the only one in the audience who's clapping. And you can hear him pretty clearly, too, if you're on the podcast. This guy really is excited to get his 10 bucks. Okay. I want you to find by the end, by the time you leave this autonomous zone, I want you to give $10 to one African-American person from this autonomous zone. And if you find that's difficult, if you find it's hard for you to give $10 to people of color, to Mm -hmm. black people especially, you have to think really critically about in the future are you going to actually give up power and land mm. and capital when you have it? If you if you have a hard time giving up $10, you got to think about, are you really down with this struggle? Are you really down with the movement? Because if that is a challenge for you, <laughs> then I'm guy. not sure if you're in the right place. So find an African-American person. The white people, I see you. I see every single one of you. And I remember your faces. You find that African-American person and you give them $10. Cash app, Venmo, $10 in your pocket. That's my challenge to you. Do it. 
I can't. I can't take the, this one guy just clapping. I can't tell if he's trying to get everyone else to start clapping or if he's just raising his hand really high to try to get everyone's attention. I would like that. I'm, I'm black. I would like the $10, please. Just That's my deal. I think this is a platform that must be adopted by the Raz for Chaz 2020 campaign. Why? Vote for Raz. Instead of a chicken for every pot, it's 10 bucks from every white dude. Also, Raz will kill you if you don't vote for him. So vote Raz for Chaz 2020. That campaign ad would be hot. I will say, not quite as hot as the streets of Chaz, though. Put it out, put it out, put it out, put it out. Hey, everybody, everybody, put it out. <laughs> Yo, what the Constantly lighting their streets hey, on fire. It'll spread. It'll spread. Look, nobody said the residents of Chaz had elevated IQs. There isn't an I or a Q in Chaz. Only LGBTs and sometimes two pluses. It hasn't, uh, I will say it hasn't been all fires and death in Chaz. I hope you were as encouraged as I was to see the wonderful messages of peace as well. Like this one that says, kill cops. Now that looks bad, but remember... Whomever spray-painted kill cops on the building may have meant to include with kindness underneath it. And he ran out of time before he was murdered by Warlord-in-Chief Raz Simone. Which, you know, by the way, I will say, there is a minor issue with our campaign, now eternally known as Raz for Chaz 2020, which we do need to address. Before he was the healing soul in the center of the autonomous zone, he did have quite a few tweets that not only use the N-word, which is totally okay if he says it. Damn you for even thinking that. But he also uses the F-word as it's applied to our gay friends and neighbors. Plus other explicit uses of homophobic slurs. Uh, usually that's frowned upon by members of Chaz. Uh, but it takes a lot of work to become a warlord. And along with that title comes some benefits, like the ability to kill anyone if they post your old tweets. It's really hard to cancel a warlord. It's hard to look at Chaz and do, honestly, anything other than what we've been doing so far, which is just laughing from afar. But it's easy to forget there are real people's lives here, and they're at stake. Have you seen the video of the Seattle police chief yet? Honestly, it's soul-crushing. She is trying to let her own officers know that it wasn't her decision to stupidly cede six blocks of Seattle to anarchists. The decision to board at the precinct, our precinct, our home, the first precinct I worked in, was something I have been holding off. You should know, leaving the precinct was not my decision. You fought for days to protect it. I asked you to stand on that line day in and day out to be pelted with projectiles, to be screamed at, threatened, and in some cases hurt. Then to have a change of course nearly two weeks in, it seems like an insult to you and our community. Yeah. Ultimately, the city had other plans for the building and relented to severe public pressure. When's the last time you saw a police chief criticize the mayor and the leadership like that? I mean, that's, you don't see that very often. She is, she's almost dead inside. She is so saddened at the fact that she has to tell her own officers, I, I, I led you out there. I let people, people were throwing things at you, insulting you. You dealt with all of that 
For what? For nothing. For this stupid mayor to give in to some left-wing fever dream. And I, I mean, it's just, it's depressing to watch, but it's real. These people are really in the middle of this. And as funny as it is, I mean, it is funny to laugh at it from any other place in the country. These people's lives, businesses, uh, their whole livelihoods are at stake here. So I guess we've covered pretty much everything you need to know about Chaz right now, with the one exception, who should Raz choose for VP? Now, sure, you know the front runners that everybody is talking about, uh, the BTK killer, uh, the Green River killer, uh, the Zodiac killer, uh, the Son of Sam, and uh, Chelsea Clinton. Uh, those are the big ones everyone's talking about. But I'm going to go with a dark horse, okay? This guy, this naked guy, just sort of jogging his way through Chaz while rambling on about earthquakes. Now, that's not to say that he's a polished politician, I will admit. For example, this is something any politician who is watching, if you're in Washington, if you're in Chaz, you can learn from this. When someone asks you, why are you naked? You should almost never respond like this. What's going on, man? Why are you naked? Because I got two kids, I need to get naked too. Okay. You're naked because you got two kids you want to get naked too. Not a good answer, okay? Like, if that was on the debate stage, it would have been a big problem. We might have to work on that talking point just a little bit. But honestly, Raz for Chaz 2020 doesn't want the typical blue suit red tie guy who rambles on for hours and hours. We need someone with a powerful and concise vision for the future. We want someone who responds like this when you ask him, What's your message? What's your oh, message? Here was earthquake. I'm gone. Thank you, Lord. 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 Who does America? As you just saw, not everyone's got the best body in the world. I mean, let's be honest about it. We don't all look perfect. We're not all, you know, we don't all, can't all look like this, you know? I'm sure you know that intermittent fasting is exploding in popularity and healthy, and it's a healthy and effective weight loss strategy. I will say more than healthy and effective for me, it's, it's quick. It's fast. Yes, it's a little harder than, um, you know, taking one M&M off of your plate every day and someone's going to tell you, if you do this for 27 years, you'll lose three pounds and you're supposed to celebrate that. Fasting is a simple lifestyle change. Uh, and it's made easy by Fast Blast. The Fast Blast smoothie is a uniquely formulated uh, product for intermittent fasting. Uh, you have great energy, uh, fewer cravings, and the best part of it is it's very simple and it tastes great. I will tell you, the idea of fasting is sort of intimidating to me, at least when I, when I had first done it. It doesn't seem like something that you can actually do. It doesn't seem plausible. Um, but it actually is a really easy way to do it because you, you don't have to worry about trying to eat a little bit less all the time. You have a couple days a week where you're eating a considerable amount less, but these smoothies help tide you over. Uh, and then the other side of it is you have uh, days where you're taking gaps in your eating. It's, it's really easy. They'll explain the whole thing to you. I've lost eight pounds already. Lots of people around here are doing it. Fast Blast is an awesome way to help you. Go to, uh, go to fastblast.com slash blaze. Do your own homework. They'll teach you how to go through this whole thing. Fastblast.com slash blaze. Slash blaze, of course, do that because that's how they know you like this stupid show. Fastblast.com slash blaze for a healthier and smaller you. Today, the Supreme Court uh, determined that gay and transgendered workers cannot be fired on the basis of sex. Also, biological sex apparently is still is now become a thing again, which I thought we weren't even I didn't even think that existed anymore. It should be considered, I guess, a 
victory for transgender activists, but uh, we will see. Remember, you're never woke enough. Blaze TV contributor and Newsweek opinion editor Josh Hammer is here to help us make sense of it all. Josh, can you give us a quick rundown on what actually happened? Yeah, so Stu, it's it's actually pretty straightforward. Uh, Title Seven of the 1964 Civil Rights Act prohibits employment law discrimination on the basis of sex. For 53 years, from 1964 until the first federal court ruled the other direction in the year 2017, way back during the first year of the Trump administration, everyone who looked at the statute, including the EEOCs under even liberal Democratic administrations, unanimously across the board concluded that the word sex in Title VII does not prohibit discrimination on the basis of sexual orientation or so-called gender identity. Nonetheless, the court today, 6-3 majority, holds that uh, for 53 years we were just wrong and that the people who drafted this piece of legislation in 1964 nonetheless intended the word sex to prohibit discrimination on the basis of sexual orientation and gender identity. Never mind the fact, by the way, um, that regard, this is, I'm not defending this on moral grounds, but at, at the time in 1964, homosexuality was generally considered to be a, 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 a psychological mental impairness. Now, and notwithstanding the fact that gender identity was not even created as a term from the left-wing gender <laughs> theorists on, on radical campuses yet. Um, so this is what a 6-3 court majority held today. I think the implications of this ramifications are potentially dire, but I, I assume we'll start breaking that down a little bit as well. Yeah, and from what I understand, part of it, they kind of acknowledged that that's not what they meant when they actually passed the Civil Rights Act. Is that right? And if it's right, how could they possibly be doing this? Uh, you're asking the right questions, Stu. Um, you know, look, uh, Justice Gorsuch is obviously a high-profile Trump nominee. Um, he is. Um, he studied natural law under John Finnis uh, at, at Oxford, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, he is a he, he is a he is a conservative. If you if you if you take him at his word, and, and yet he here is doing what I would, among friends at least, refer to as not textualism but autistic textualism or literalism. He is he he is literally taking the word sex and reading it in the most morally neuter, detached way possible from the overarching edifice or actual meaning of the statute. And he's actually doing exactly what he claims he is not doing. He's doing exactly what Justice Scalia excoriated over and over and over again for his entire 30-year career on the court, which is taking the meaning of a word and imbuing it with new meaning as that new meaning is quote unquote discovered in ensuing decades. Um, Justice Alito in dissent, quite fiery, rightly calls Justice Gorsuch out for this. Um, it, it's it, this is not textualism. People who are claiming that, of course, it's judged here as textualism, I think, are just sadly mistaken. It is um, it's autistic literalism, but it is not textualism that pays any deference whatsoever to the actual meaning of words at a time of enactment as they were meant and as they were understood by people who ratified those statutes. Mm. Um, mm. Uh, the only uh, my coherent point that I've heard that could possibly make any sense, and it's still a little convoluted, um, and not to say that because uh, I'm going to steal it from Sean Trendy, who I, who kind of brought this point up that I saw today on Twitter. Um, his his way he read it at least um, was this: um, if, for example, uh, let's say Sarah Gonzalez were to profess her love for Josh Hammer, uh, very possible. By the way, I could see it happening any day. Um, and then Stu Bergier also were to profess my love for Josh Hammer, which, again, could happen at any moment. I just want to warn you. So now we both have done this. And if the if the boss were to fire me and not Sarah for both of us professing love, 
she she'd only be, uh, I'd only be getting fired because I was a man. If I was a woman and did the same thing, it, I would not get fired. And so the con the concept there being that it is actually his gender. You know, to use that term is almost impossible to find the meanings of these words anymore. But gender slash sex that is a determining factor in some of these cases. Does that make any sense? So I think it makes sense directly along the lines of actually what I was just describing was uh, it, there is a purported textualist hook there. The issue is that the textualist work that's being done there is not textualism as it's taught in the legal academy, as it's professed by the legal profession. It is not textualism that actually uses the meaning of words in a legal text as they were meant and understood by the public. Um, and that's the clever trick. It, you know, Stu, Neil Gorsuch, he's actually done this over and over again. I, I've actually been pretty rare on the legal right for the past few years. I've actually been a frequent critic of Justice Gorsuch's. I, I feel kind of vindicated, although it's not a particularly good feeling, frankly, today. Um, he's done this over and over again. In a 2018 case called Sessions versus Demaya, it was the first time in the entire history of the United States of America that the court uh, invalidated an immigration uh, enforcement statute, a deportation statute on, on so-called void for vacaness grounds. It was the first time the court had ever done that. And Gorsuch writes a very, he joins the, the four liberals, it's a five-four decision. He, he writes a very flowery concurrence talking about William Blackstone and the Declaration of Independence. And he, he, he loves couching his language oftentimes in language that will tickle conservatives and libertarians' ears. But it's very devious. And um, I hear, I, I, again, I, I, I hear you understand what you're saying, but there's an old canon of interpretation that the court has said over and over again. The court says that Congress generally does not hide elephants in mouse holes. And what that means is that they don't hide transformative, huge statutory changes in tiny words open for interpretation. If Congress means to make a huge change, like banning private employment discrimination on the basis of sexual orientation, especially in the 1960s, when obviously other issues were at the forefront of the legislative agenda, and this was clearly not something they were thinking about. If they intended to do that, they would have made it very clear. That's not what they did. Yeah, if they intended to do it, they yeah, would have just done it. I want to, um, I want to uh, go to one sort of inside baseball part of the Supreme Court discussion here. There's speculation, and it's somewhat backed up by the way Roberts acted in the oral uh, parts, uh, part of the hearings, that he actually was not in favor of this, but decided to uh, go in, in the majority because that allows him to assign the, the opinion to Gorsuch rather than Ginsburg doing that, um, which would give us a much different uh, pr perspective and a much different opinion when it comes down to it. Is there any validity to this stuff? I, I can't tell sometimes if it's just people trying to justify past Supreme Court picks or if this stuff really happens. So this is the first time I'm hearing that. That's a really interesting theory. I have not actually heard that so far. That strikes me as eminently plausible. That is exactly the kind of behavior that we've come to expect from the Chief Justice. Mm -hmm. um, that something along those lines actually would make a lot of sense to me. I mean, Roberts, for for his part, obviously, is somewhat of a lost cause for conservatives. It, it's it's no surprise that he would be willing to lend his name to to this outcome at all. Um, you know, look, this, if, there's, if there's any silver lining out of, out of this whole mess, too, it's that Brett Kavanaugh is actually, in a lot of these high-profile cases, not appearing to be quite as bad as a lot of us <laughs> feared he might be. Right. Um, he, right. he, he, he wrote a good dissent today. I mean, Alito had the marquee dissent, but good for Kavanaugh for coming out on the right side of this. Yeah, I will say Kavanaugh impressed me in one way in particular, which is he basically wrote, look, I really want this to be true, 
But if it's going to be true, we have to go through the right process to make it true. Meaning, like, I don't want gay people to be fired from their, from their jobs. That should be the law. But it's not the law now. Congress needs to do it. That's restraint to me. I mean, like, that's a really important part. That's what I want out of a, ju- a justice who's going to say, I really want this thing to happen. But it's that path is not there right now. Go back and do it the right way. That's a, that's quite a compliment to, to Kavanaugh. And I'm with you. I've been critical of Kavanaugh for me more than Gorsuch. Um, this is a good moment, I think, for him. Yeah, no, look, that judicial Hamilton Federal 78 famously calls the least dangerous branch. And it's the least dangerous branch, of course, because as Hamilton says, it has neither force nor will, but merely judgment. And in this case, Brett Kavanaugh exercised that judgment um, in a very humble, proper fashion with proper deference for Congress and respect for the limited role that judges have under our separation of powers construct. Now, uh, look, Brett Kavanaugh was not the first, second, or sometimes even third choice, I think, of a lot of um, conservatives, but here he's he, he he's doing well and he deserves manifest praise for that. But the reality, as you just said, Stu, is that something like this has to happen through the legislative process. Now, the left for the past 15, 20 years has oftentimes tried to do exactly that. As recently as last year in 2019, uh, Nancy Pelosi is one of the fairly early on pieces of uh, legislation introduced in the uh, post-2018 midterm House Democratic controlled. House Representatives introduced the Equality Act, which was a it was an omnibus, huge piece of legislation with a lot of um, uh, far reaching sexual orientation and gender identity features. But part of that legislation was um, employment discrimination in Title seven. So as recently as literally last year, um, it seems to me that House Democrats tacitly conceded that this had to be done legislatively. And yet a year later, we're being told by two Republican judicial nominees, no less, along with the four liberals, that this is required by a statute. It just doesn't strike me as conceivable. It doesn't. It doesn't. It does seem like that's the way to do it. Let me give you I have one more minute here. Let me give you two impossible questions to to, uh, answer in that time. Uh, number one, what does this mean? What is this actually going to do? Are there going to be wider consequences than this narrow thing? And number two, you got to be with me on this. There is no freaking way this court overturns Roe versus Wade. It is absolutely not happening. Not going to happen. Not in our lifetime with these justices on the on the uh, on the Supreme Court. Am I right on that? So the latter I'll, t- I'll take first because that's the obvious one. That's easy. Uh, the, I, hell no is the answer. I mean, like, hell no. I, like, I, I'm sorry to say that. I mean, I obviously want Roe to be overturned, but the answer is like no freaking way. Um, there, now, this, this court is going to have an abortion decision in front of it very shortly, the June Medical Services case out of Louisiana. So they'll have a chance to at least pare back the undue burden standard from Planned Parenthood versus, versus Casey. But it, it, overturning Roe straight up, no way whatsoever. Um, on the uh, uh, what's actually going to happen in terms of the real world ramifications point. Look, Justice Gorsuch concedes that things like sex specific locker rooms, training facilities, sports teams, single sex dormitories and college campuses. He, he, he literally says this is all open for, quote, future cases. So this is kind of all fair game right now. Now, it, it, Title VII specifically, what could happen here? There's going to be litigation surrounding whether a religious institution, a Catholic school, for example, might be forced to hire um, a pedagogical instructor for a school because he or she uh, is gay or transgender. I mean, that that litigation is now totally fair game. That will come before the court sooner rather than later. And um, look, I hope Gorsuch is uh, intellectually prepared to deal with that when it arrives. Mm. I mean, like we all know, I know of nobody who wants gay people to be fired because they're gay. But you know, got to go do these things the right way, and it doesn't seem the Supreme Court is paying attention to these things. Josh Hammer, Blaze TV contributor, Newsweek opinion editor. Thanks so much for being on the program, Josh. 
You got it. All right, back in a second. So I don't want to be incredibly depressing, but I'm going to be. Good news is Hillary Kennedy's right around the corner. She's very bubbly. She'll she'll bring you right back up. Uh, This story is legitimately terrible. A protester, 19 years old, went out and did a a bunch of these protests uh, for Black Lives Matter. Um, But it shines a a light kind of on what we're missing as part of the story. Um, Everyone's talking about how dangerous COVID could be in one of these protests. Well, what happened here was, uh, was this protester, 19 years old, winds up meeting someone at the protest, things go badly, and she is murdered, notably not by a white police officer. These things do happen, uh, and they are tragic uh, when they do. Uh, a d- devastating story that has a, uh, an awful twist at the end of it. Now, if you like Hillary Kennedy, she's going to have to pull you back. We, we've never needed Hillary more than we do now, okay? And not Hillary Clinton, Hillary Kennedy. She's up next. Everybody has dreams, right? We all have them. Uh, The small ones are easy to talk about. I really want some ice cream. The big ones, the ones we really want, lifestyle stuff, big life things, not so much. We just want, if we say them out loud, we know we're not going to have them anymore. They're not going to come true. Well, you need to dream big, and the bigger the better. And the dream of a better future starts with a degree from Ashford University. Ashford University's online bachelor's and master's degree programs allow you to learn in a convenient and flexible schedule. They make it super easy for you to do this. If you want a degree, Ashford's a great place to go. At Ashford, expert faculty teaches you real-world skills from real-world experience and online classes built for life's twists and turns. You can do it from home. You can do it wherever you want. Uh, you can do it at Chuck E. Cheese, although they only in Chuck E. Cheese unless you have a kid. That's, that's something you need to know. You can pursue a degree in one of Ashford's 60-plus programs like business administration, healthcare administration, gosh, we need that right now, and psychology, which we really need right now. 24-7 access to your classroom, daily support, and financial aid is available. Ashford gives you the tools you need to make your dreams a reality. Dare to dream big. Your dream starts tomorrow at Ashford University. There's no fee to apply or standardized testing required to enroll. It's a great, a great idea. Go to ashford.edu slash stew. Ashford.edu slash stew. It's ashford.edu slash stu. Not- Very happy to welcome back to the program Hillary Kennedy from Blaze TV, of course, uh, the four-minute buzzkill. Uh, uh, Sometimes you do get a a couple of depressing stories uh, during the radio show that I hear you talking about. But then again, it goes into Glenn, so it's always more depressing. (laughs) Exactly. I just set everybody up for like the real depressing story, and then he comes in and pushes it off. (laughs) We're like worried that people are coming out of another show happy. So we want to slow it, ramp it down the happiness with you, and then we really crash them with Glenn. It's so true. I do have some, lately I've had some really heavy stories, but there's been some good things that have come out of the pandemic, I feel like. Yeah, I mean, and that is a weird thing to say, but it's true. And I think that's what we do, right? Like you find these little moments, these little things you can take out of a bad situation and try to find the positives. Yes, look that's for the silver do. lining. Like yeah. I've been w- with this thing with uh, all the uh, the terrible stuff with George Floyd. There's nothing positive to take out of that, obviously. Right. You hope change uh, of some things might be positive. Um, but my the thing I've really sucked out of it is I really love the, the corporate statements about how much they don't like racism. <laughs> I just freaking love them. I can't get enough of reading them. They're all so ridiculous. They're just pandering constantly. Like, we swear at this taco shack that we also oppose racism. It's like <laughs> so bad. I don't know. I've loved that. 
Well, and they're also a, similar, right? It's like the commercials that came out during COVID where yes. they, we're all in this together. Mm. These times are uncertain. It was just the same thing over and over and <laughs> oh, over. And that's what we're seeing with those statements too. It's just like an echo. It's so <laughs> bad. So what have you found that's actually like positive out of this? Well, I felt like, you know, one thing that people always look forward to in the summertime are the big summer blockbuster movies. Mm. And it's been such a downer thinking about like, well, so what's going to happen? Because the movie theaters, for the most part, haven't been open. Yeah, there is one near us, uh, famously, that is open that we went to. Oh, really? Yeah, oh, okay, you so you've already gotten to go. Okay. Yeah, so there's one here uh, near work that is still open. Pat and I went. We were the only two people in the entire theater. <laughs> we social distanced by me in the very front right corner and him in the very back, back left corner. So I think we were okay. But we saw some terrible Vin Diesel movie. Oh, okay. Well, I was going to talk about that because that's one of the big blockbusters this summer is F9. I want to oh, make sure I'm getting the number right. Because, yeah, we're at like movie nine in the series. But people are excited about this yeah. one because it's, I mean, it's Vin Diesel, of course, but John Cena's in it. And I think Charlize Theron's supposed to be in it. So it's supposed to be pretty good for. You know, fast you sound movie. really <laughs> convincing. I mean, <laughs> okay, it probably isn't one that I'm going to go see. We are not going to um, give you a commercial to, I, to promote no, Fast and Furious not. Nine. No, I don't think they'll be hiring me to do that one. <laughs> but yeah, I was kind of excited about. There's a good lineup of movies, like the the Top Gun movie, the yeah. Top Gun Maverick or whatever. People have been super pumped up about that. And there's um, Wonder Woman 1984. That's coming out. It's supposed to be really good. Do you know when 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 are these supposed to start hitting theaters again? It's like the beginning of July. Is that yes. right? Isn't so there like a targeting... Russell Crowe movie or something that's coming out in July? Yes. So July, August, September. I think Labor Day weekend is going to be a big one. Um, a Quiet Place 2, which I really like the first oh, Quiet yeah. Place. I'm totally in. So that's supposed to be coming out Labor Day weekend. Anything but... with John Krasinski, I'm in. It's just me too. I love him. Yeah. I'm, he did enough on The Office to carry the rest of his career. I'll watch anything he's in. I agree. He's one of my favorites. Mm-hmm. But I think it's not as exciting to watch some of these big blockbusters at home. I mean, I know we're comfortable streaming things, but I think after lockdown, people kind of got sick of being at home, isolated watching stuff. So what I think is really cool is drive-in movie theaters have been making a huge comeback. Have you ever been to a drive-in movie theater? I have a very long time ago. There was one open uh, near where my grandparents lived in the summers. Every once in a while, we would go over there. Um, But when we were in the, I mean, hardcore mid-pandemic, I've got two small kids at home. I'm looking for anything to do. It's like April 12th or something. And I was just going through just trying to find something. And I found there's a couple of drive-in theaters relatively close to here, one in about half an hour, one about an hour and a half away. And I was like, I would drive an hour and a half to just take my kids to sit at a freaking car and, and watch a movie at this point. Absolutely, because you could still be socially distant, but you're around other people. So you kind of feel like you're part of something besides yeah. just being at home. But They've changed it a little bit where you can buy your tickets online. They're not really taking a lot of tickets at the facilities anymore, mm. but you can buy your tickets online. They're letting people order their snacks online early and then you just bring them out to okay. your car. Right. Um, some of them are letting you bring in your own snacks. You just pay an extra fee and you can bring in your own snacks and drinks, just no alcohol mm. in your car. Right. Um, sure and those, then, those alcoholics always have waves around those rules. <laughs> little flat. Yeah. Um, and then some of them you can order almost like an Uber Eats from restaurants in the area and have it oh. delivered to your car, which I thought was kind of cool. That's nice. I th- there was another place I saw had a, I thought a really interesting innovation and this is again like mid like hardcore pandemic you can't even go out no restaurants are open in Texas honestly we're almost to the point where life feels almost normal yes um, which is probably not a good thing yet we're probably not ready for that uh, per se but people are like uh, there's a lot of people who are just like ask ah, her at this mm-hmm. point um, so uh, one restaurant in the middle of this they had a restaurant and they had a big parking lot 
And so what they did is they put a movie screen outside of their restaurant and then you could park in their parking lot, watch kind of a quote-unquote drive-in movie, and then order from their restaurant. They'd bring it out to your car. That's I thought so that was a smart. great idea. That's a super good idea yeah. because you you miss that interaction with people. I mean, there's something about when you go see like one of those big summer blockbuster movies and people cheer at the end yeah. or yeah. even just the annoying person who's like talking in the movie and you're like, uh, be quiet. Mm-hmm. There's something about being around other people and sharing that experience that I, I miss it. I loved going to the yeah. movies. There's something about I, I like... You know, you like the sounds in the in the you know, like you like it happening around you. Yes. I'm I'm almost to the point where I'm never going to interact with another human again. Um, <laughs> after this, I'm I'm almost there. But I I I know what you mean. Like watching, we were watching um the the golf tournament, not the one that's happening this weekend, which they're back to like regular golf now for the mm-hmm. first time. But they did the Tiger Woods, uh, Peyton Manning, um, uh, Phil Mickelson, Tom Brady foursome, like it was two on two. I just couldn't get into it. You know, uh, even golf, which doesn't need crowds at all. I, it was hard to get into it without the crowd there. Right. I don't know. It's I mean, not the same. Yeah, no, that's true. But another good news thing, okay. um, especially for people who don't like to shop. Like my sister hates to shop. She buys everything online. Um, but for men, especially who hate to shop with their wives or mm-hmm. wives who hate to shop with their husbands, um, you don't have to really do that anymore at the mall because now malls, I know there are several here in Dallas that are doing it, but you can place your order from whatever store that's in the mall online or call them and just drive up to the mall, pick it up and leave. Ooh, so you yeah. don't have to sit around for hours at the mall with your significant other waiting for them to try everything on and mm-hmm. go from store to store. And there's people in the audience saying, well, hey, idiot, just order it online. You got to understand that I don't remember the birthday till like the day of the birthday. Exactly. So I have to go to the mall and if I'm going to go to the mall and I can get them to just bring it out to my car. I'm totally. Yes. Well, and shipping is still delayed with a lot of companies at a lot of places. And two, I think a lot of people like to physically see the item. So now they'll bring it out to your car before. So you don't have to pay for it beforehand necessarily. Mm -hmm. They'll bring it out to your car. You can look at it, touch it, feel it, whatever, decide, do you really want it? And if you do, then they have their little, you know, card swiper where they can swipe your credit card and you can be on your way. You can sit in your car. You can listen to all the podcasts. You can listen to Stu Does America while you're waiting for your item. So I think that's that's pretty cool. That's a good promo on the show. (laughs) I mean, they're already listening to the show, but I like that you're promoting the show on the show. Absolutely. Uh, um, uh, You had another interesting one, and I I have not done this, but I may start. Uh, The idea of essentially house stalking uh, other people who are selling their houses because of all the weird crap you're finding in them. Is this an actual pastime? So I'm obsessed with real estate. I'm one of those people, I love home tours. Anytime they do those charity home tours and you can go tour the insides of people's homes, I'm a total creeper and I just like (laughs) to see how people live. Yeah, no, I can see that. Um, And I think one thing that came out of lockdown is a lot of people realized after being stuck at home, like, I hate where I live or I want to move to a different house or I wish I had a, you know, an extra room where I could go be alone. (laughs) So I spent a lot of time looking at like realtor.com or, you know, the MLS or whatever. And I have found several homes that are some of the weirdest, creepiest, and these are actually for sale right now mm-hmm. that you can purchase if you are interested in these. Um, the we first have some photos found, here, yeah. Yeah, this one I believe is in Freeburg, Missouri. Be house A, picture one. Yeah, here we go. Mm-hmm. And very nice traditional looking house from yeah. the outside, right? It's, I believe, 10,000 square feet and it's on like 34 acres, so it's quite oh, a, a, a large property. Mm-hmm. Then when you go inside, don't let the traditional exterior <laughs> fool you. So you've got the beautiful lime green shag carpeting. Wow. Some sort of strange fireplace. This is the master bedroom, so sort of strange fireplace oh, in the master. Um, and then I believe there's a couple of, oh, there's the lovely wallpaper. And wallpaper is making a huge comeback as well, but like I can't decide, is that cool wallpaper or is that right. frightening now at the point like this house is so out of date it may be coming back, back. in style exactly right. <laughs> um 
lovely bathroom with interesting sort of Spanish looking tile. Very gold. Blue, mm. blue sink and mm. gold mm. wallpaper. And wow. then, hey, I mean, the family room. Who doesn't need bright red carpet, a wooden carved mantle with like, <laughs> like a sun god or something on it? Now, did you put a bid in for this house? Uh, I probably should have. Yeah. I mean, 10,000 square feet of this beautiful. Because the thing is, you don't have to decide, like, what kind of style do I really want in my home? Because right. this one has all of them. It has that. all of them. It has everything. <laughs> and the interesting thing about that house, too, is it had two kitchens. One is almost an exact replica of the Brady Bunch kitchen, if you remember what that looked like. Really? Yeah. And then uh, another one is like a, it was described as a cornea searing yellow. Mm. <laughs> oh, God, I'm seeing like the yellow one. marigold yellow. Yeah, this is, uh, this is an um, impressive one. 10,000 square feet. That's like the money pit. Like, you're going to go into that and you're going to blow your entire life savings yeah. trying to fix that thing up. You're, yeah, your best bet's just to bulldoze it and start. I, I need to go smaller than this. Let's go look at this next one, House B. Um, House B, have you ever wanted to have a command center in your dining room? Um, I don't know how to answer that not, question. And frankly. like the chair, first of all, is that did grandma die in that chair? Like all you just see is this fur coat in the chair. Um, this also has an interesting mix of styles. So there's your lovely. Oh, look at that. If you enjoy stargazing, if you're into Wait, is that a wall? astronomy. Oh, yes. And then uh, they also have a command center in the dining room. So there it is. Oh, so, yeah, there it is. So if you've ever wanted that, this actually exists. Why would you want a spaceship <laughs> in the middle of your house? That's a dining room? It, it is. And one of the other features of the house that I think is really interesting is they have, I, I'm trying to think if this is the house that has the tropical sand. Yes, it does, I think. Okay. That's the next picture, I think. There it is. This is in the master it's How a, do you keep actual, that clean? Like during a time of where we're trying to keep everything sanitary yeah. and sanitized and clean, how do you keep sand in your bedroom or your bathroom clean? To describe what I think I'm seeing here is there's actual beach, like sand in the room and a, a wall that looks like like the you're at the beach. Yes. And then this looks like almost like a cabana, which is where the bed goes maybe? Yes. So wow. why would you ever need to go on vacation again? It's a great point. Because it's all in your bedroom. It doesn't matter what yeah. you spend on the house. <laughs> wow, nice leaves bathroom. on the wall too. I love of that. Oh, yeah. And you did find one that might be a little disturbing unless you happen to be Jeffy listening. <laughs> yeah, Jeffy, this house is for you. Yes. So this one is in the lovely city of Van Buren, Arkansas. Oh, wow. And it has what they are calling a secret playroom. You're seeing it there. And <laughs> the, the description for this house, this was on the actual write-up for the house online. They said this is the house that's perfect for a couple that loves each other very much. And it also has a, <laughs> yeah, a, a game say. room with an entertainment pole. Now, that is not a maypole. Like, people aren't going around singing songs. and <laughs> Entertainment and pole. Entertainment pole. It's a stripper pole. Yeah. So, in the listing, it said that it's the perfect house for a couple who wants to spend some quiet time away from the kids. Yeah, I would hope so. <laughs> I mean, I don't want to judge you, but for that, I want to judge yeah. you. I mean, and the crazy thing about this house is really from the outside and the rest of the rooms, it looks perfectly normal yeah perfectly normal. i mean the front of the house we don't, i don't think we have that picture but it, it looks like a normal like yeah. ranch yeah <laughs> it is unbelievable these are homes that are actually for sale so i mean i've done a lot of productive research during lockdown apparently i will <laughs> say you need to go into real estate because i'm buying i am i am buying all of these houses Got you sold. All, right. all, all at once uh <laughs> hillary kennedy from the four minute buzz where can people find you i know you're on twitter where, what's the best place to find yep, you? yep twitter and instagram it's just at hillary with one l h-i-l-a-r-y yes Kennedy. i will never get used to that you should know. You know why? Because uh, Clinton uh, ruined it for she, you. She did ruin she it. She ruined it for I you. I agree totally. All the great Hillarys are with one L. Hillary Duff.
Uh, right. I'm trying to think of any other Hillarys with one Apparently L. Apparently there's only one other great there's, Hillary. There's some great ones somewhere. It's, it's Hillary Duff. Uh, <laughs> catch Hillary uh, and myself and Glenn, of course, uh, every morning. Some schlubby guy named Glenn. You'll know him as well. Uh, Blaze TV. You get your subscription at blazetv.com slash stew. Use the promo code stew because that's how they know you like this stupid show. And we'll take 10 bucks off. And I need the 10 bucks because I need to buy this uh, dungeon house. Uh, so <laughs> we'll be back in a second. All right, I leave you with this. Andrew Cuomo was awful.com.